sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to our number two of the morning after live right here on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. It is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Spiz Grizz network that is Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday live on TMA. Plenty to get to here in our number two. We will check in live in San Diego with our Craig Mish, a Major League Baseball insider at the Major League Baseball winter meetings where there's a ton of news that has already happened and what might be in store over these next few days in Southern California on the hot stove. We'll go to the 2022 World Cup as well. A check-in on the tournament action the final day of the knockout round as we set the stage for the quarterfinals over the weekend in Qatar and always a great time to look at the early lines for a new NFL weekend. Week number 14 on the horizon, just five weeks remaining in this NFL regular season. But not far away from us tonight here in Midtown Manhattan, just a couple of blocks away at Madison Square Garden, the 2022 Jimmy V Classic. Some unbelievable basketball on the way tonight at the world's most famous arena. We start with a top 20 tilt between 17th ranked Illinois and number two Texas. It is the first game up on this Tuesday evening at Madison Square Garden. As you look at this basketball game right now, a shorter spread maybe than some might expect. The Texas Longhorns unbeaten this year. Just a two and a half point favorite tonight inside MSG against the Illini. Illinois only a dog twice this year. They won outright earlier this season against UCLA. Lost on the road in College Park against Maryland that we'll talk about in just a couple of moments on Friday as a short underdog. Texas is a perfect 6-0 straight up, a favorite in every game, 4-2 against the spread. Tyrese Hunter, who was outstanding last year in his freshman campaign in Iowa State, a Big 12 transfer, now plays for Texas, and the Longhorns post the third best defense, the third most efficient defense in all of college basketball under Chris Beard. They have gone under in five of those six wins as well. And where we find Texas now, not only number two in the most recent AP poll, where they were last week as well, they are also a team that has the second best national championship odds currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Longhorns, 10-1 to 1 right now. The second best price to win the national championship this year to cut down the nets in early April. Houston remains the number one team in the land, and they are the favorites by themselves. A $3 difference right there. The Cougs, 7-1 to 1 to win a national championship. So that is the first game up of the Jimmy V Classic tonight at Madison Square Garden. Again, number two, Texas, a two-and-a-half point favorite against 17th-ranked Illinois. It is also a two and a half point spread for Duke in Iowa in the nightcap. A Big Ten team featured in the second game as well. The Hawkeyes just on the outside of the top 25 receiving votes right now against Duke, who checks in at number 15 in the country. We mentioned Texas, a perfect 6 and 0. Duke's played 10 games this year, and the Blue Devils are 8 and 2 straight up, but only two covers in their last 
six games. Iowa has yet to be an underdog so far this season, but the Hawkeyes' most recent two games against two ACC teams, Georgia Tech and Clemson, and Iowa is the fourth most efficient offense in all of college basketball. We'll look at the props for that game in just a moment. But first, we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here the second hour of the morning after live on this Tuesday on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in a mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. A huge night at Madison Square Garden in college basketball. The Jimmy V Classic here in 2022. A top 20 tilt gets us started between Texas and Illinois. Number two, Texas. Number 17, Illinois. Iowa and Duke, the 15th ranked team in the country in the nightcap. I do want to check in on a number that was not available overnight to see if we have it here. That would be Chris Murray's points prop for the game between Iowa and Duke this evening. Chris Murray coming off a 31-point 20-rebound performance for the Hawkeyes in the ACC Big Ten Challenge in a victory against Georgia Tech. Chris Murray's points prop tonight is 18.5. We are going to take the over in that basketball game. He has scored 22 or more points in four of Iowa's games already this year, double digits in all of them. Those are the Jimmy V Classic matchups, but we're already underway in certain conferences in this country in terms of league action, including in the Big Ten. In a huge test tonight for the Maryland Terrapins on the road in Madison, Wisconsin at the Kohl Center against the Badgers. Maryland moves up nine spots in the AP poll this week. The Terps are now ranked 13th in the country. Maryland is a perfect 8-0 team so far this year, coming off a huge victory in its Big Ten opener at the spring break destination in the Northeast, that would be College Park on Friday night. A huge, gritty effort against Illinois to pull off a victory as a short one-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Wisconsin also coming off a huge victory over the weekend, upsetting Marquette, their in-state foe, as a five-and-a-half-point underdog outright. You look at this spread, it is incredibly short. Only one-and-a-half points tonight in Madison. Wisconsin... 3-0 against the spread as an underdog this year, having won two of those games outright. Wisconsin's last five games have been decided by a combined 13 points. So a close game expected in Madison. That's exactly where Wisconsin has found themselves all season long. We go to San Diego, a check-in at the Major League Baseball winner. Meetings up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM, Channel 159. A big week in Major League Baseball. As the offseason rolls on, the hot stove grows increasingly hot. We go to San Diego, California, live right now with SportsGrid's very own Craig Mish. Joining us here on the morning after to detail what has already happened at the Major League Baseball offseason winter meetings and what might still be in the works as we have these next few days in Southern California. Craig, thank you so much for being up bright and early and joining us here on the morning after. Of course, Ben. Thanks for having me. Thanks for filling in on uh, on Newswire as well. I will be back on Newswire this afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern time. We'll check in with Craig again as we did 
yesterday. And Craig, on a Monday afternoon, we were reacting to the big news of Monday, at that point at least, that the New York Mets had made their move after losing out on Jacob deGrom in signing Justin Verlander. A two-year deal worth $86 million for a guy about to enter his 19th season in Major League Baseball, his first up in Queens for the Amazons. Craig, it's a two-year deal, $86 million for certainly a veteran at this point, but in year number 18, he won the American League Cy Young. What was your immediate reaction to the news that Verlander had signed with the New York Mets? Yeah, Ben, I thought it was a great pivot. I I think that the Mets probably were caught off guard, that DeGrom was going to leave. I know a lot is being made of the fact that DeGrom did not go back to the Mets and give them, I guess, a final opportunity to keep him there. But the way that I see it, Ben, is uh, they probably had an idea that if DeGrom was going to leave, this was a direction they're going to go. So how do we judge it, Ben? It's a really good question because the Mets are now in a position where I think that you and I both feel, and obviously when you look at the odds, that the Mets are going to be back in the postseason. Now, how far they go, I think that's when we're going to judge this because Verlander can get them through the regular season, but it's how he's going to perform when they need him in a game one, a game three, and a game five. That's going to determine whether or not this was worth the move. But by the way, Ben, I don't think the Mets are done. I think that they're going to be adding more players. We'll see if Brandon Nimmo ends up signing back with him. He is here at the winter meetings. Uh, it, it seems like some of the players are getting a little antsy being unsigned. So hopefully that changes today. We got off to such a hot start yesterday <laughs> and then nothing from about the mid-afternoon until the evening. So hopefully that changes today. Craig, there's only one market available as we look forward to the 2023 Major League Baseball season. It's the World Series odds. The Mets have the third best price right now at plus 900 behind the Astros, who are the favorites, and the Dodgers there with the second best number. For Houston, it's plus 550. LA, 6-1. to Now, Justin Verlander, again, it's about to be his 19th season in Major League Baseball. A veteran for sure, but still performing at the highest level after winning his third Cy Young Award. He reunites with his former Detroit Tigers teammate at the top of the Mets staff with Max Scherzer. So just from a pitching performance perspective, Craig, what does Justin Verlander add to the Mets? Uh, he He adds obviously a lot because he's somebody that always takes the ball. He really hasn't had any injuries over the course of his career except for the Tommy John surgery. He did have a little bit of a blip while he was with Detroit. But, you know, Ben, a part of me, and, and this goes back some time, obviously, to I, I think the mid-2000s, but a, a part of me, this reminds me, I think, a little bit of when Roger Clemens kept coming back. And I wonder if the Mets sort of view this the same way to where, you know, they get to June and Verlander hits the IL, but really for no reason other than to save his innings. Clemens was just so good, even when he came back, like in May and June of those seasons. Yeah. And so this is this is just really been about the postseason, to be honest with you. So I think he can uh, deliver the, those performances. He'd be great. He just hasn't been as good in the postseason as the regular season. So we'll see. Right. And he finally got that monkey off his back, at least in a little bit of the way, with a World Series victory and, of course, a World Series championship for the Strohs as well. Craig, you brought it up. It's the evaluation piece and looking at the veteran and Justin Verlander, a short deal, two years, $86 million and bringing in that value component. It's the same question, really, with Jacob deGrom in the big five-year, $185 million deal he signed to leave New York and go to Texas to play for the Rangers. Craig, how do you evaluate this Jacob deGrom deal 
for the Rangers, given the health component for DeGraw in the last three seasons, has been front and center. Yeah, the message has been sent that the Rangers are serious. They signed two players last year to you know $500 million contracts combined with Simeon and Seager. Uh, this makes now the pitching staff more serious. Does it mean that the Rangers, Ben, are going to win the West? Does it mean they're going to even finish second? I, I don't know that I can answer that question. But what it does is, first of all, sometimes you do have to send a, a message to the fan base. Sometimes the owners are just tired of losing. And I think it's a combination of some of those things, Ben. And and on top of it, brand new ballpark in Arlington to where the team was horrible for many years. And, and Ben, you usually don't see that. Usually when teams get new ballparks, they immediately throw money into it. But again, COVID happened. Remember, if, if I'm not mistaken, they played the World Series in 2020, even though the Rangers weren't in it in that COVID year at that ballpark in Arlington. So I, I think they kind of are under some pressure to do this. Remember, they also changed their executive team last year. They let go of John Daniels. Chris Young is now in charge. So I think this is sort of, hey, the Rangers are back. We got a new stadium. We recognize we have a lot more revenue coming in. Fans fill up the ballpark. Let's take the next step. I just don't know that you can look at the Rangers as being a serious contender, but they'll be better. A step in the odds at the very least. On November 6th, the new market opened up for the following year. That was the day after the 2022 World Series for the 2023 World Series. Texas at that point, 60 to 1. Their price after signing Jacob deGrom and some other moves this offseason nearly slashed in half. It is plus 3,500 at the moment. The Phillies, Craig, also seeing a cut in their odds. 18 to 1 following their appearance as the NL pennant winners in the World Series. Now 12 to 1. Why, you might ask? A big deal for Philadelphia yesterday. 11 years, $300 million from one of the best shortstops in all of baseball, Trey Turner, now a member of the Philadelphia Phillies. Craig, on the diamond, how much of a boost is it for the Phils in adding Trey Turner? Yeah, I, I think that this is a huge boost and a lineup that really didn't need the length gets a little bit more, Ben, and an elite defender at the position with the new rule changes, which is very important in Major League Baseball. The bases are going to be bigger. Trey Turner is going to steal more bases this season. So I think it's a great move for the Phillies. Dave Dombrowski, who is the president of baseball operations, Ben, we could go through the years, whether it was with the Marlins or the Red Sox, or the Detroit Tigers. Dombrowski comes in, the team wins, the owners get excited, they give him the open checkbook, he go he goes ahead and he you know signs a lot of guys to long-term deals, they generally end up winning. Ben, the only thing we can't predict is a World Series because it's just so hard to do. Even as hot as Philly was as, as they were, they get to the end of the line and obviously they didn't have enough. So my guess is the Phillies are competitive. They're better probably during the regular season they were last year. That's even without Harper. But whether or not they win the World Series, it's whoever gets hot in September and October. So we'll see. But, but clearly, you love to see a move like this with a team that almost won it, taking that next step. Still 12-1, to 1, the sixth best price overall in the World Series market, the fourth out of the National League, the third in the NLE. So what move is next to come on the hot stove? Of course, we focus on 99 and pinstripes last year. Will that be the case entering 2023? And that would be Aaron Judge. Craig, we played some mock odds maker here. Our associate producer, <laughs> Joe Frizo, doing just that. The Yankees are the favorites on Frizo's board. Only about 30 seconds left in this segment. A simple question for you, Craig Mish, with maybe a more complicated answer. Who signs Aaron Judge and when? 
I still think it's the Yankees. I don't think it is today. I think we still have a little more to go. I think the names to watch today are Carlos Correa and Dansby mm. Swanson. I think those are the two names to watch today. The shortstop market may be set by Trey Turner yesterday. Again, an 11-year, $300 million deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. Plenty more updates coming from San Diego from SportsGrid's Craig Mish later on throughout the next few days. Craig, thank you so much. We appreciate your time as always. All right, thanks, Ben. Have a great day. Thank you very much. We will hear from Craig on Newswire later this afternoon. Next, we go to the World Cup. An update from Qatar up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The 2022 World Cup continues on. It is the final day of matches in the round of 16, the knockout stage in Qatar. We continue to break it down here live on a Tuesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. The first match up of this day, Spain and Morocco in the round of 16 underway already, about 25 minutes into that opening half, still scoreless at nil-nil. Spain a heavy favorite to advance into the quarterfinals to help us break it all down react to what happened yesterday and set the stage for the quarters on the horizon Roberto Rojas joins us here from DAZN live on the morning after on sports grid not only Roberto is it the final day of the knockout stage it is also your birthday so thank you for joining us here on the morning after and a very happy birthday to you my pleasure thank you so much and yeah here we are right at the latter stages of the of the world cup where kind of the nitty-gritty gets to it and uh let's see what happens within the next few days as we start to wrap up a, a really crazy world cup that we've seen so far in qatar nope certainly so the last day of the round of 16 the quarterfinals start on friday and in to the weekend a team that will certainly appear in the quarters the pre-tournament favorites the current favorites to win the 2022 world cup Brazil, a big 4-1 victory against South Korea yesterday. The Brazilians scoring all four goals in that opening half. So, Roberto, as you watch Brazil play right now on the pitch, do you think the Brazilians are peaking at the right time in their best form to contend for the 2022 World Cup? Well, I think they have to. I think certainly the expectation for Brazil has always been to really contend for these titles. You know, the most successful country to play in the World Cup to win it, you know, five time winners, but it's been 20 years since they've won the World Cup. So the pressure is really high on this side. And, you know, certainly after a group stage where, you know, it kind of went a bit of as a roller coaster ride, you know, getting narrow wins against Serbia and Switzerland, losing to Cameroon on the final day, which obviously with the B Brazil side, you know, is maybe is still not something that the, the Brazilians want. But I think, you know, now with this performance yesterday against South Korea, which, you know, with no disrespect to them and credit for them from getting out of a, a difficult group, I think is not the biggest parameter to show how good of a team Brazil is. But needless to say, I think they needed that result to show that they are flexing their muscles after some sort of critics are, are given to them for not scoring enough goals. They go out there and score four all in the first half. Yeah. So, no, a really great performance from Brazil. And, yeah, demonstrative so as to why they are still the favorites to win this World Cup and and hopefully can be able to win their first World Cup in, two, in, in 20 years. 
an interesting group stage for the Brazilians that saw some injury news as well. Neymar was banged up with an ankle injury during the group matches, so he was healthy and out there on the pitch for the Brazilians yesterday, who now have the shortest number we have seen in this World Cup at Qatar, plus 185 as the favorites. In the other round of 16 match yesterday, Croatia gets past Japan in PKs. Tied at one following regulation and that extra time they go to PKs and Croatia advances to the quarters with a 3-1 deficit or a victory I should say in those PKs. So we showed those future odds right there Roberto where Brazil is right now on the final day of the knockout stage as the quarterfinals are on the horizon. How do you evaluate the best teams in the world in the hunt for the World Cup title? Well, certainly, I think from what we've seen so far is that we don't have a clear winner. We don't have someone that is standing out. Even when you said about Brazil that while they are obviously still the favorites to win the World Cup, and rightly so because of the talent that they have and kind of the what it speaks on them and their history, you know, you still have to say that, you know, they, they haven't been able to flourish as much as people expected them to be. Mind you, this is the first time, I think, since 1994 where you have a – without any team going in – with all three wins in their group stages, you know, either teams have drawn or they've lost games from the favorites like Argentina, like France, England have drawn games, Spain have lost, you know, it's it's very much up in the air. And I think what we're going to get in these quarterfinals, which we'll talk about, you know, the fact that we get two heavyweight clashes from the get-go, England against France and Argentina against Netherlands, that's going to paint a big picture because I think there is where you start to see kind of two teams even it out more for the title. And, and really, you know, you're going to see favorites go out of there. You, you have the likes of an Argentina side who obviously are looking to finally win the World Cup since 1986 to give Lionel Messi the, the coveted World Cup trophy that I think for many people would put him up as maybe the greatest ever, if not already. Um, the similar case could be for Portugal if, if Cristiano Ronaldo is able to help out this side. But also you look at other teams like France, the reigning world champions, um, you know, wanting to be the first team since Brazil in 62 to repeat. England, having gone so many years without winning it, 1966 was the last time, made it to the Euro final last year, and certainly always the expectation has given them as well. So I think my assessment from what we've seen from these quarterfinals, or at least we're going to see from these quarterfinals, is that now we're going to start seeing the parody kind of break off a little bit. I think we're going to see finally some some big heavyweight clashes where you know, favorites will get eliminated and, and we're going to start to to really see which teams are really out there and can demonstrate why they should be uh, the world champions. And before the quarters begin, we have that final day of knockout round matches happening as we speak. Morocco and Spain already underway. The final one in the round of 16, Cristiano Ronaldo and Portugal taking on Switzerland. Just to advance to the quarters, quarters, Roberto, we have Portugal as a minus 250 favorite to get that done. But when you look at the 90-minute bet in that money line perspective, Portugal still heavily favored there. Minus 120 to beat the Swiss in 90-plus minutes. How do you break down this matchup between Portugal and Switzerland? Yeah, it's very interesting because, you know, obviously the, the kind of scenarios change now when you go from the group stages where whatever happens in 90 minutes is whatever happens. <laughs> it could be a draw, a win, or a loss. Now we have something different. You know, the fact that we can see matches being played possibly into extra time or penalties like we saw in the, the Japan-Croatia game where Croatia won on penalties. So, you know, this is a really interesting matchup because I think for Portugal, I think they are a side, like I said, you know, have had kind of a roller coaster ride so far of, of consistency sometimes playing well sometimes playing poorly 
you know, really trying to see, hey, are they good enough to be capable world champions, even with Cristiano Ronaldo on this side? I think the Swiss are a side that I think are kind of underrated in that sense where, you know, mm. they got out of a group that was difficult, you know, with the likes of Serbia, Brazil, and Cameroon, but they've always been kind of a consistent side, always at World Cups, always makes teams difficult, always hard to break down. I think Portugal are going to really run into a wall in this one where, you know, you're going to have hopefully some difficulty, at least from the Swiss perspective, to try to break them down. I think it's going to be interesting. And I think for someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, he is someone, as we've seen throughout his career, someone that likes the big moments. And I think for him, you know, the fact that he's right at this age at 37, you know, really right at perhaps his final World Cup that he'll play at as a, as a professional, I think he wants to go out with a bang and try to win that. And, and, you know, it could be the last of what we see him. But I think from the Swiss perspective, they want to do something that they haven't done in, in a long time, you know, going to the quarterfinals, trying to be kind of the surprise. Because we haven't had any of those surprises yet so far uh, at this World right. Cup. We've seen kind of the favorites really qualify at the moment. So, you know, for the Swiss to kind of, you know, ruin the party in a little bit, I think would be huge for them. But no, I, I really expect a really tight affair between two sides who, you know, are, are, they like to attack. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how both these sides uh, pair out, uh, fare out between each other, especially considering that, you know, the different perspectives of playing in extra time or um, penalties could be a factor into seeing where one team is, is better than the rest. So the winners of Spain and Morocco versus the winner of Portugal and Switzerland, that will be the first quarterfinal up on Saturday afternoon, really Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern time here in the United States. The second game is that heavyweight matchup that you already mentioned, Roberto. It is England against France. French, the reigning World Cup champions from 2018 and a slight favorite to advance back to the semifinals, minus 128 against the English. The odds tell us, Roberto, this is going to be a very competitive match. Do you agree with what the numbers say? How competitive can that quarterfinal be between England and France on Saturday afternoon? 100% agree. I think this is going to be maybe the closest quarterfinal that we're going to get uh, at the minute when you look at quality and talent between the two sides. Obviously, when you look at England's kind of run during this kind of uh, World Cup, they haven't been unfazed so far. They've only conceded two goals in four games. And, and you know, really, I, I think for them, I think it's really something that they need to demonstrate to to a country that has always been so expectant, that has always produced players, as we see right now in their history, but have been unable to deliver on silverware, be it in Europe or at the World Cup. Like I said, 1966 was the last time that they won the World Cup. Also, the last time they went to a final until that Euro final that they made last year where they lost to Italy on penalties. I think they understand that, you know, this is the obligation for them. If they want to be considered and really taken serious as world champions why not do it against the reigning ones like france who again like i said are very much a, a powerful side very talented Kylian mbappe the golden boot playing out of his skin right now i think england have a big challenge up their head and honestly it really is a toss-up because I, I don't know how this will go in that and i would probably go with the odds and say that france are probably the slight favorites because of you know how Kylian mbappe yeah. has been playing well and, and really when your standout player is hot, it kind of gives them that factor. So, yeah, again, I'd say France are the slight favorites, but this can go either way, honestly. This can go into penalties or extra time, and I'm excited for it. 
you saw right there how productive Kylian Mbappe has been at the 2022 World Cup. Already five goals scored. He assisted on two more. He has contributed to seven of the nine the French have scored at this World Cup. Quickly here, Roberto, only about 30 seconds left. This is thought to be Lionel Messi's final World Cup. Will it continue into the semifinals with a victory over the Netherlands in the quarters? I I do. I think there's this kind of like mystique towards his Argentina side. And I think Lionel Messi is playing very, very well so far. I think if they can beat the Dutch and hopefully set up a semifinal, maybe against Brazil. Wow, that's going to be a really big one to watch. What a match that would be. Roberto Rojas, uh, Rojas from zone. Thank you for joining us. And happy birthday once again. More of the morning after. Thank you so much. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As I often say virtually every week, it is never too early to take an early line look at the next weekend of the National Football League. Week 14 is on the horizon. It starts on Thursday as the Las Vegas Raiders hope to continue to win football games to keep their playoff optimism still there. Welcome back to a Tuesday live on the morning after on SportsGrid. The reason I bring up the Raiders specifically in their Thursday night football matchup in L.A., against the Rams is because our next guest here on the morning after FanDuel Chantel Chand is a lifelong Las Vegas formerly Oakland Raiders fan and she is still optimistic the Raiders have that outside chance of making it to the playoffs. Chantel thank you so much for joining us live right here on this Tuesday on the morning after. Thank you so much for having me it's always a good time chatting football with you Ben. We'll go to another team that at least right now still plays in Northern California that would be the San Francisco 49ers of course they host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday of this upcoming week 14 slate Chantel Tampa Bay victorious last night grabbing victories from the jaws of the defeat thanks to Tom Brady yesterday but now the Bucks will be an underdog for the first time all season long catching three and a half points against San Francisco Chantel the story is the Niners now without Jimmy G for the rest of this season, but they've still won five straight games and they have the best scoring defense in all of the NFL and that reflected in the over-under at 37 and a half. So Chantel, when you see that three and a half point spread in favor of San Francisco, knowing that Brock Purdy is now the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, how big of a drop-off do you think it is with Brock Purdy in there as the starter at QB, at least here in the immediate future for San Francisco? Well, here's the thing about Brock Purdy. He stepped in last game against Miami, who also has one of the best defenses in the league, and he looked pretty out there. You know what I'm trying to say here? Uh, he still looked really good, and the 49ers, like you mentioned, they have one of the best defenses in the league, and they have a lot of depth on that D-line position. When you take a look at the 49ers defense, they're still without some key pieces, right? Kinlaw, Hurst, and they're still one of the best defenses in the league. All Brock Purdy has to do is be a game manager. So I do think when it comes to playoff time, 
then experience is going to come in handy. And Brock Purdy does not have that. But right now in the regular season, if he can just be a game manager and get it done, I think that's all the San Francisco 49ers need. And with that being said, I still think they can be a threat in the NFC. Taking on the Bucks. listen, the Bucks were able to get it done last night against the Saints. And the thing about the Bucks is they got Tom Brady, you know, the late game heroics. But at the same time, this Bucks defense isn't what we kind of saw when they won that Super Bowl. They've been inconsistent. So when I take a look at those three and a half points and I think about the fact that the Niners play so good at home, they only have one loss. I'm going to lay the points with the San Francisco 49ers. Chantel, it's kind of my evaluation right now with San Francisco as well. I am not a detractor against Jimmy Garoppolo. I have often said that even with Jimmy G, the San Francisco 49ers have reached the pinnacle multiple times in the NFC. Two of the last three seasons. Maybe not because of Jimmy Garoppolo, but certainly not in spite of him. Where I think there will be a drop-off is come the postseason or the end of this regular year as the playoffs are on the horizon from Jimmy Garoppolo to the production of Brock Purdy. But within this offense, the Niners believe in Brock Purdy as they have expressed multiple times now in the last 48 hours. Maybe I'm starting to believe in the former Iowa State quarterback as well. But despite five straight wins, Chantel, the Niners' price to win the NFC entering Week 13 was plus 260. Now it's 5-1. to one. It is nearly doubled because of the loss of Jimmy Garoppolo. And of course, this is a postseason market. The Eagles, the favorites at 2-1. to one. The Cowboys move up the board as well, plus 290. So Chantel, following Week 13, entering Week 14, how do you evaluate the changes we have seen at the top of the NFC title odds? That makes sense to me. No Jimmy G. I think the 49ers odds to make the Super Bowl, they get a little bit thin, right? Because Jimmy G, as much as he hasn't been able to officially get it done all the way for the 49ers, he is that key piece for them where he is a really good game manager. He's been able to prove that. Has he been able to win a Super Bowl with them? No, not yet. But that's the thing about Jimmy G, right? We're still kind of a little bit sus about him. And that's why everyone was in on Trey Lance at the same time. As for Philadelphia, no doubt about it, they're the best team in the NFC when you take a look at their record. They're stacked on offense. They're stacked on defense. And Jalen Hurts is having an MVPS type of season. The Dallas Cowboys to me right now are probably the most interesting. And I do believe there's value with them. When I take a look at the Dallas Cowboys, the most impressive game wasn't the fact that they were able to drop 54 points on the Colts. It was the fact that they were able to drop 40 on the Vikings, who have a really good defense. Jordan Hicks, Zedarius Smith. This is a Vikings defense that Dallas put work on. So I like that plus 290. They're also just playing really good offensively. You look at their two-back tandem with uh, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. I think Pollard has been one of the most consistent players for them. So I I hate to say this because I can't believe I'm saying it, but the Dallas Cowboys have a really good chance actually to make the Super Bowl. And I like those odds there, and I think there's value. I kind of remain skeptical about Dallas. They've been in this spot before. They have three playoff wins in the last two and a half decades. Three and 16 is the postseason record for the Cowboys organization in the last 25 years. But maybe some help is on the way. Chantel, I'm sure you saw this last night. OBJ at the Mavs game with Micah Parsons and some other Cowboys players last night sitting courtside. The Dallas Cowboys, a 9-3 and three record, only two games behind the Birds, 
for the top spot in the NFC East. The Eagles have the best record in the NFC East, the NFC, and all of the National Football League. Not only favored Chantel to win the NFC Championship, but heavily favored to be that number one seed in the NFC postseason picture. But to keep that pace going, they need to continue to stack up wins. A divisional game on the road in New York slash New Jersey on Sunday against the Giants. The Bird Chantel, a six and a half point favorite for this divisional matchup. What is your approach to a divisional game between the, the Giants and the Eagles? Well, this is their first meeting of the season, if I'm not mistaken. And the mm -hmm. thing about it, it's a divisional game. So anything can happen in these games. These two teams know each other very well. The Giants, they're actually still fighting for a playoff spot as well, where Philly is kind of chilling. They only have one loss, but at the same time, they still want to get those wins. The Giants have been struggling, though, right? They're coming off a game where they got a tie against their division rivals in the Commanders. They also lost two before, I believe, against Dallas and then against Detroit. So coming into this one, they're looking for... For wins the Giants also I think Leonard Williams is questionable Dory Jackson is going to be out so they're missing some key pieces on their defense but what the Giants love to do is run the ball and that one gripe against Philly was well they can't really stop the run if they if you really had to nitpick on what they had to do but at the same time they were able to slow down King Henry and the week before they were able to kind of slow down that two-back tandem with AJ Dillon as well and Aaron Jones so it shows that Philly yeah they're not the best at stopping the run but they're are capable of doing right. it so I think this is going to be a really close game because it is a divisional matchup it's the first meeting of the two and like you said it's going to be in New Jersey so I think the Giants are actually going to cover but the Philadelphia Eagles will win this game it's a really big look for Philly they've been favored in all 12 of their games so far this year 11 and 1 straight up still 7 and 5 against the spread above 500 when it comes to that cover percentage the Giants as an underdog Seven and one against the number one of the best cover percentages as a dog all year long in the National Football League. And Chantel, like you mentioned, the Birds have been winning in a variety of ways. 363 rushing yards as a team against the Packers two Sundays ago. Only 67 last week against the Titans, but Jalen Hurts threw for 380 yards in three scores because of those performances where he used his legs two weeks ago against Green Bay and his arm last week against Tennessee. Jalen Hurts, now the second best price to win the NFL MVP, plus 150. Only about 35 cents behind Patrick Mahomes at plus 115. Chantel, that market shortening in a big way in the matter of a week. Do you think it's a two-man race to win the MVP award right now in the National Football League? I really do. And you take a look at Patrick Mahomes, and I believe he's the first in passing yards, first in passing touchdowns, first in QBR. And at the beginning of the year, everyone was like, oh, what is he going to do without Tyreek Hill? And Patrick Mahomes was like, no Tyreek Hill, no problem. I'm still going to do my right. thing. And that's what he's been doing. And the Chiefs have been flying under the radar because coming into this year, everyone was like, oh, the AFC West is so stacked. But really, the Chiefs have been the team to be the most consistent, and no one's been touching them, not even the Chargers who, you know, also took an L this past weekend. But Jalen Hurts to me is other than Geno Smith, I think the best story coming into this one, because yes, he is playing on the best team, arguably in the league, because they are so stacked defensively. They got weapons on offense, but Jalen Hurts is doing it in different ways. He's using his arm. He's using his legs. He's ninth in touchdowns. He only has three interceptions, so he's not turning over the ball at all. Uh, not a lot, at least. Fourth in QBR. And I think the biggest story is 
if you remember when he got drafted, everyone was saying, well, can Jalen Hurts be a starting quarterback in the league? And I think he's quieted all those doubters and he's having an MVP season and playing on a really good team. So I actually like Jalen Hurts this year, even though Patrick Mahomes is just doing Patrick Mahomes things, but it's definitely a two-man race for sure. Mahomes and the Chiefs, a nine-point favorite on the road in Denver this weekend. At this point last week, Chantel, Kansas City was the solo favorite to win the AFC. That was short-lived. The Buffalo Bills back to the lone favorite atop the AFC title odds, plus 185. Buffalo at home in a divisional duel as well on Sunday afternoon in Western New York as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against the New York Jets. Chantel, how do you feel about Buffalo now after they are back atop the AFC? Yeah, I mean, Buffalo is doing what we thought Buffalo would do. And I think a lot of people still have them as favorites to win the AFC. I think it's really between them and the Chiefs. Of, I'm going to keep it real. And I do like the Dolphins as well. And I know they're in the same division. But, uh, you know, they're taking on the Jets in this game. And the Jets, uh, Mike White, that experience, uh, going a little bit so-so, right? Looked really good in his first game. In his last game, two interceptions. We know he turns over the ball a lot uh, before he even became a starter. But at the same time, the Jets, when you look at their first meeting, that defense played well I think they sacked Josh Allen like five times and Josh Allen struggled throwing the ball he had two interceptions his only two touchdowns came when he was rushing so you know the Jets they have a really good defense and the Bills even though they're playing really well I think they're going to get the win but that spread is way too large the Jets did cause them some problems so I think the Jets is going to cover because that spread is way too large and of course when you take a look at the Bills they're balling they're going to get the win at home but yeah I like the Jets to cover in this one Another AFC East in action in Los Angeles on Sunday night. That AFC East team, the Miami Dolphins. There is a certain tandem, or at least a correlation, between the quarterbacks of these two teams. Tua Tungabailoa drafted ahead of Justin Herbert, the quarterback for the LA Chargers. It's a three-point spread in favor of the Finns, Chantel, with now the tied highest total of the weekend, an over-under of 52.5. Tua and Miami... Herb in LA do we expect some points on Sunday night in Los Angeles yeah we're definitely going to expect some points because the Chargers can't really stop anyone right they gave up 144 to Josh Jacobs and then they also gave up what over 170 yards to Devontae Adams they can't stop the run or the pass right now and then you look at the Dolphins Tua with uh, two of the best receivers arguably in the league in Waddle and Tyreek Hill this is going to be a high scoring affair but I do think that uh, I'm going to lay the points here at the Miami Dolphins I just think that they're the better overall team and they're playing better than the Chargers right now Quickly here, Chantel, only 30 seconds left. I think the Bills and the Dolphins shoe-ins for the postseason. But of those final two teams in the AFC wildcard race right there, the Jets and the Chargers, who misses the playoffs? I think the Chargers actually missed the playoffs. Defensively, they've been struggling. And right now, the Jets, if they can, you know, keep it close against Buffalo and pick up some more wins, I think they have a chance because I like their defense a lot better. And keep an eye on Chantel's Las Vegas Raiders. Not dead just yet. We wrap up the show up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Closing out our two hours together live on this Tuesday morning on TMA, Sirius XM, Channel 1, 
59. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that is Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Not far away from us here. This is the Manhattan skyline. We are in Midtown Manhattan at 35th and 7th. Not far away from us is the world's most famous arena. That is Madison Square Garden. Tonight, the 2022 Jimmy V Classic inside the hallowed halls of MSG. The first game up, number two, Texas. Number 17, Illinois, a top 20 tilt. The nightcap at Madison Square Garden tonight, it is number 15, Duke, in Iowa. The Blue Devils are a two and a half point favorite, but we go to the prop market that is becoming more and more robust in college basketball each and every night. So before we say farewell, and before we say goodbye, we check in at the world's most famous arena for a bye-bye-bye best bet. This is bye-bye-bye. You might remember the Iowa Hawkeyes from last year. Their leading scorer, one of the best players in all of the Big Ten Conference. His name was Keegan Murray. He was a top five draft pick to the Sacramento Kings, going number four overall in this past summer's 2022 NBA draft. Now, there's a player on Iowa's roster still that looks a lot like Keegan Murray. His name is Chris. They look a lot alike because they're twins. But don't just call Chris Murray Keegan's brother. He is his own basketball player and a damn good one at that. He is Iowa's leading scorer this year, and his points prop is 18 and a half tonight against the Dukies. It's a number he has gone over in four of seven games for the Hawkeyes this season. Each of those four overs, he has totaled at least 22 points. He is averaging 21 points per game this year. He has scored in double figures in all seven for the Hawks so far in this 2022-23 college basketball season. Inside the world's most famous arena, where players step up on the biggest stage, Chris Murray goes over his points prop of 18 and a half tonight against Duke. Thank you for joining us on the morning after on this Tuesday. We'll be back on a Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk next.